and the flyman's brown. Strike, big girl, it was only for one. Those ALF quotes never get old, do they? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to your favourite Home and Away show. Welcome to the Bay podcast, hosted by none other than myself, Lucas. But today, I am taking a step back into the listener's chair as Tori and Sarah take the reins on our very special interview with Rhiannon Fish, who played the lovely April Scott. So, without further ado, let's head straight into it. This is Rhiannon Fish speaking right here on Welcome to the Bay. And now, joining us on Welcome to the Bay podcast is the wonderful Rhiannon Fish, who played April Scott. Welcome, Rhiannon. Thank you for having me. So, first off, we're going to do a little section called Fan versus Rhiannon. As most of our followers will know, I'm a big fan of Rhiannon myself. Um, so, Sarah's going to read those out and we're going to answer them. Hello, Ready you are. <laughs> so, do we, like, jump in with the answer? Do we have a um, buzzer? What's the plan? <laughs> I think if I go first and then you go after me, so we know I'm not oh, copying good. you. Then you. Yeah, of course. That works. Okay, Love that. Um, so the first one is favorite storyline of April's. So for me, um, my favorite storyline of April's would have to be her OCD storyline. Um, <laughs> I really like. <laughs> I really like any mental health storyline on the show. I think Home and Away are really really good at that so yeah that's my favorite one that was my favorite too <laughs> i loved shooting that um and i think that's a really cool thing about home and away like you said is that there isn't really i mean i suppose that happens when a show goes for over 30 years there's really like no storyline they haven't touched so it was really cool to be a part of one that addressed something in the mental health realm fantastic um second one favorite April relationship um so for me as I'm sure with everyone my favorite was Dex um I did like her relationship with Xavier it was a nice starting point for her um but I felt like with Dex she had much more more layers as a relationship no mention of Heath um, it's the Bianca <laughs> thing. <laughs> very cute. I enjoyed yeah, the scenes, but the sisters doing the same person. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I loved working with Charles. To this day, he is one of my favorite people in the whole world, and it was just such a blessing every day that I looked at our call sheet and it was like Rhiannon and Charles or April and Dex, and we were just together like all day, every day for almost three years. It was wonderful. Um, the next one is favorite April friendship. Um, for friendship, I'm torn between two. Um, so I really liked her and Bianca, their sister kind of friendship. And I think that's really underrated. I don't hear many people talk about that, but I love their scenes. And then the other one has to be Irene and the way she looked after <gasps> April. <laughs> they were just so sweet. Um, together. yeah, I like, yeah. That, it has you asked that question, I was like, Oh my God, does she have any friends? Like, I mean, honestly, her closest friendship would have been with Dex, which I think is really cool because I do believe your partner should also be your best friend. Yeah. Um, but her, you're so right. I, ne I never would have thought of it. Her relationship with Irene was adorable. And I loved working with Lynn. She's such a wonderful human. They were just so sweet. I love them. I, I still watch their scenes now. It's so nice. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
um, favorite April moment? Um, so for this one, I'm going to go with the wedding with April and Dex, and especially the dancing scene. I really love that scene. I've got it downloaded. I just I oh, love editing with it. Oh, <laughs> Sounds too cringy. <laughs> no, it's adorable. I loved that too. I think that was probably. That would have been my favorite as well. And it was so close to the end for both Charles and I. So like, it was so sentimental, the whole thing, like all of those emotions that we were sort of feeling on screen, I think were very real. Like we were so moved by the, the love that these characters had for one another. And we in turn had so much love for each other. It was just, yeah, absolutely one of my favorite things to shoot by far. The last one, favorite character of Rhiannon's 11th April. So um, for me, it's got to be between Chloe and Abby. I just find them both really cute and funny. Yay. And yeah, I'm I so watch glad you, you didn't <laughs> say no Tino Shade, but I'm glad you didn't say it from the hundred because I feel like <laughs> I like those other ones way more. I like the nice girls. Um, yeah. So nice. I love that you watch those movies. Thank you. Um, yeah, I would agree. I love both those characters. Honestly, they were like the same person, just in two different yeah. movies with different names. Um, but I have another one coming out uh, on the 2nd of uh, October, um, which is like a whole other kind of character. It's still in that Hallmark family, but I play kind of like the straight edge sort of like sassy character, whereas Hunter King plays like the more playful sort of one, much more like Abby or... Um, Chloe. Um, so I'm looking forward to you seeing that. I hope you like that one too. Can't wait. I've got, is that the one you posted the trailer for? Yeah. 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 yeah I can't wait for that one. That looks so good. Thank you. Okay. Um, on to the main questions now. So I'm going to take you straight back to the beginning here um, and ask what it was like growing up as a child in the acting industry. It was wonderful. I mean, growing up in Australia, it's, I always say like, it's a much smaller pond. So um, I worked on Neighbours as a guest star. Um, and I did that for several years. And that was kind of like my introduction into the industry. And it's something that I'm so grateful for. Like I've spoken to people recently that maybe entered the industry later in life. And when you enter as a child, people basically hold your hand through all of it. They'll show you where you're supposed to go when you get to set or, you know, when you check in that you need to go to the AD or how to stand on your mark because you're 11, you're not supposed to know those things. But it's something that I realized that I was taking for granted because I, I was taught all of that and they're such valuable lessons. And it was a wonderful experience growing up and learning all that at such a young age because I of course carried that into adulthood or I you know tried to. How was it with Neighbours? Um, obviously the show's come to an end now. Are you a bit sad so about sad. that? I was so sad. Hopefully that never happens with Home and Away. Yeah. Um, we wouldn't cope. No, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, it would be devastating. So anyone, I hope everybody's still watching. Um, yeah, it was great. It was really, really great. People were so kind to me. I think about that a lot. Like, so I was um, quite young. And I mean, no one really wants to be friends with an 11 year old. Like, and all these people are like grown ups, but they took so much time to be so kind and so nice to me. I remember in particular, Natalie Bassingthwaite, who I recently saw in Jagged Little Pill when I was in Australia. She's effing incredible. Her voice out of this world. 
Um, and it made me think like, as I was sitting there watching her, I was like, this grown woman was so kind to me as like an 11 year old child. She had so much patience for, um, for me. And I just really made the whole experience into coming into the industry, such a wonderful one. That's great to hear. Um, and so a question from one of our listeners now, and they were wondering what it was like to film Occupation. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was hard. Um, it was wonderful to work with Dan Ewing, um, who, by the way, his baby is so cute. Have you guys seen his baby on social Yeah, we've seen both. So cute. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that baby. <laughs> Hopefully I can go see them sometime. Um, so it was wonderful to work with Dan and of course get to know Kat. Izzy Stevens on that movie I loved. Um, but it was just really, really tough. It was like, the, uh, we didn't have much time to shoot like a pretty major action film. Um, so yeah, it was it was a difficult shoot, but definitely, uh, I definitely enjoyed it and met some really wonderful people in the process. Fantastic. And back to April now. If she ever returned to the Bay, what storyline would you like her to come back I with? Go back. I really do. I want I you back. That. It is my fantasy that just one day I get a phone call and they're like, "Hey, you want to come back?" <laughs> I would love that. Um, another fantasy of mine is like, and it's like I don't know. The world, everything will work out the way it's supposed to. But I kind of have this dream fantasy where it's like. I pull like a, a Lynn McGranger and Ada and I just go there and I just live the rest of my life on home and away. And I just, I, I think that would be wonderful. I loved working on that show more than anything. Um, and if I were to go back, I would just love to play into all that soapy stuff. I think it's so fun um, where it's like, you never know, are you going to date like Sorry, my cat. Are you going to like date your uh, sister's uh, boyfriend? Like you just, you never know. Is your, um, is your partner gonna get in a car crash and have brain damage? Like you just don't know what's gonna happen every time you open the script. And I think that that is the most exciting thing about living in that soap opera world. Yeah, I'd love you to be the next Ada. We had her on, I think she was the last person we, no, we had her on a couple She's of guests so ago. She's so nice. So lovely and so deserving of that gig like i mean and i will say that of everybody all the like veterans on that show they are so welcoming to all the like kids that sort of come in and out and do their three-year stint they're all so kind and set, set such a great example of just like show up be at, be on time know your stuff and be kind to everybody they're they're wonderful people and wonderful role models Fantastic, that's great to hear. Obviously, our fans will love to hear that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and who was your favorite favorite person to work with on Home and Away? It was Charles for sure. I love him. I um I did a movie recently in on the Gold Coast um with the Steve Jaggy company. It's like a Hallmark-esque sort of movie. It's honestly fantastic. Um, should be coming out maybe within the next year. And I saw that Charles had also worked for that company. So I was gonna reach out to the producers and be like, hey, like, can we do one together? Because it would honestly be a dream come true to work with him again. He is easily the funniest actor and person I've ever met. I did get a cameo from him um, before and I asked him to do an impression of you. Oh no! <laughs> he said you're I think nice. I've seen that on social media and I think I didn't watch it. Because I was worried that that was going to make me feel. <laughs> yeah, he didn't want to because he said you're too nice to do one of them. He did a tiny one at the end of you. That's so, so nice. I love him. 
but yeah it's just so nice everyone praises you so highly and says Aww. i'm not sure to work with whoever so nice. this. <laughs> thank you same to charles honestly he's wonderful and who would you have liked to have more scenes with on the show um maybe gosh I always really loved working with Ray who of course plays Alf um I think I only my character only talked to him like once or twice um but he's just such an Australian icon like I could never every time I saw him I was like holy crap that's Alf Stewart like yeah. <laughs> it was such a trip that I would have really loved the opportunity to have some more scenes with him that would have been great yeah um, I know you're in, you said you're still in touch with um, Charles, obviously, but are you in touch with anyone else from the cast? Dan, a little bit, yeah, because we did Occupation. Yeah. Uh, we talk a little bit on social media. Um, that's kind of it. Um, it feels like, and it was so long ago. Of course, if I ever ran into any of them, I would just like leap at the opportunity to go for a drink with them or, you know, grab a coffee, whatever. But, um, Hopefully, I'm going to go home in for Christmas and hopefully I'll see if any of them are around in Sydney or Melbourne, Queensland even, and we can catch up there. Yeah. Well, if any of them ever listen to this, then they'll be Yeah, okay. <laughs> Give me up. <laughs> um, another listener question here. If Dex didn't exist, would you have liked April to have a longer relationship with Keats or maybe explore something with someone like Katesy instead? Oh! Okay, no to, no to Heath. That was that was wrong. That was all kinds of wrong. It actually makes me sad thinking about the fact that Dex doesn't exist. Like that character to me is so special. He actually, this is a bit of a side note, but he actually, the day we finished on the show, so I think like what, over 10 years ago or something like that, he gave me a sweater that said like Apex on it. And I literally, it's on the floor in my bedroom because I wear it all the time. I've seen um, a photo of you in there. Yes, I still it's literally right there. I can see it. Um, so yeah, he is just, I don't know April without Dex. I actually don't know my whole journey on Home and Away without Charles. So it's hard to imagine, but I think Casey would have been good. I, I know Lincoln and I both saw like a YouTube video that was floating around where someone made like a, like what could have been and they like cheated scenes with us and other people to make it look like we were together. And both Lincoln and I were like, huh, I mean, that could have been, that could have been good. Um, and he's of course, fantastic actor, gorgeous. Um, so I would have loved to, loved to have, maybe worked with him if God forbid Dex didn't exist. Yes. <laughs> And so I've noticed you're a big supporter of the LGBT community. Yeah. Um, would you like to see shows like Home and Away introduce more characters? Um, oh, like, yes. There aren't any at the moment. Oh, I drive <laughs> nuts. And to, I guess, because I'm thinking more like present day for me, because as we've said, Home and Away won't hire me <laughs> back. <laughs> it stands, maybe one day. But the stuff I'm working on now with these Hallmark movies, every set I go to, I'm like, let's do this with two queer women. Um, and I was talking about it. I just wrapped on one, I think like last week. And I was talking to the producers and I was like, I want to do this with two queer women as the leads. I want to do like a lesbian storyline. And um, they were like, well, bring me a script. And I was like, just use any script you've got that is man and woman and just make the man disappear and just have it be two women. And then I think to me, that would be the most authentic way of telling the story because it doesn't need to be about sexuality or any of that. It's just two human beings that love each other. 
And I think it's really time that shows like Home and Away and shows like, I mean, and movies like the Hallmark Channel, like all these things, we need to start representing the LGBTQ plus community. And it's like, it's a little embarrassing that it's 2022 and we just, we don't do that. I think people are scared they're gonna lose some audience members, but from where I stand, anybody that doesn't want to watch a queer relationship, that's not an audience member that you necessarily wanted anyway. Mm -hmm. um, that's just my two cents. No, completely agree. We did have um, a short relationship, which Sarah was a really big, big fan of. Um, it was Willow, their names was Willow and Alex. Um, and they were, they actually went down really well in Australia. And I'm just surprised that they didn't do something more long term. That's weird to me. I don't understand. It just doesn't make, and I mean, also there's just so uh, across the board, there needs to be a lot more representation. Mm -hmm. uh, there should be a lot more uh, people of color on television, especially like I, and I mean, no, no disrespect, but I remember like the whole time I was on Home and Away, it's still like a predominantly white focused show. And I don't think that that's an accurate representation of the world that we live in. And it's so important for, kids growing up so many people in australia have that on the tv all the time so people need to feel represented the people of color the queer people um people with disabilities you know i just think that we have such a wonderful platform and a great audience that we should be representing people in the most authentic honest way possible yeah very very well said thank you um and what is your favorite thing about filming hallmark movies oh what is my favorite thing? Um, I would say, I I gotta say, honestly, probably similar to Home and Away where it's like the people that I've met are so wonderful. Hunter King, who plays my twin sister on this one coming out in October. She, when I met her, I was like, oh my God, I've met a soulmate. And it's like people that you wouldn't normally necessarily get to cross paths with. She lives in LA, I live in Vancouver. Um, but meeting her and getting to work with her, also the crew on these movies, we shoot these movies, like a, essentially like a feature length film. We shoot them in like sometimes 12 days. So mm -hmm. like you become really hard and fast friends, almost like a family. And that has easily been my favorite part of shooting these films. That sounds really nice. Um, and if you would, if you could work with any actor or actress of your choice, who would you choose? I want to work with Hunter again. That's so embarrassing. I'm so <laughs> embarrassed. I just said that. But that is the honest to God truth. Like she is my best friend in the whole world. And hopefully, if that goes well, that sh is supposed to be a series. Um, and I mean, some of the series on Hallmark, like if you look at Aurora Tea Garden or uh, Sign Seal Delivered, those have gone on to do like 10 plus movies. So it is just my dream to keep making those with Hunter until I'm old, older. <laughs> you could do some of them and then just pop back to home in the way. Seriously, yes, I'm fully on board with that. <laughs> And finally, you've already discussed a few of your upcoming projects, but is there anything fans should look out for? I guess, honestly, that one coming out on the, it's called Nikki and Nora, Sister Sleuths, um, coming out on 2nd of October. And it's, it's honestly, and I don't say this about everything that I do, because it's not all good. <laughs> this is a good one. And I knew it from the moment I read the script. And then as we were making it, it was just sort of this moment where all of us in the cast and crew were looking around and going like, we're making something really cool here um and it ends on 
I can't spoil it, but it ends on a massive cliffhanger um, that I'm just so excited for the audience to see and then hopefully tee up for a bunch more movies to come. Fantastic. Can't wait for that. I will definitely be watching and I'm sure many of our listeners will. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank so you. kind You're of so you. Sweet. No, my pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Well, there you have it. Rhiannon Fish speaking exclusively right here on Welcome to the Bay podcast. Now, if you want to be the first to know about our future guests and have the opportunity to ask them your own questions, simply head over to our Patreon and check that out. Anyways, that will wrap up today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed the interview. I know I did. Um, And a big thank you to Sarah and Tori for taking the hosting reins on that. It's really appreciated. I'm sure we've all enjoyed it. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Lucas. And until next time, it's goodbye from Welcome to the Bay.